William Hendricks came back. Shows that he is super tough. Pulled at the heartstrings of every baseball fan and showed Major League Baseball how to grow the game. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Hey, look at my new lower third. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last decade or so, and it's my fifth season here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. And a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, on today's episode, which we are dropping on the final day of May, after today, you can no longer say, ah, it's early, it's April, ah, it's early, it's May. No, we will be in the middle of the baseball season. Talk a little bit about Liam Hendricks and also talk a little bit about how well those heartstrings and those human interest stories are part of the way to grow the game and find new fans. Also, Aaron Judge is hitting the tar out of the ball, and the Yankees are taking notice. Then we take a look at Shane Bieber, who could very well be on the trade block, and I wonder if he should leave Ohio. Meanwhile, the Padres, well, they won a big game against the Marlins, but they may also win a big game against something that is working against the growth of the game. Uh, All of that will make sense by the end of this podcast, but one thing that will also make sense is I want to make sure we take note of someone who answered the trivia question. Uh, Where's our banner for the trivia question? Um, Okay, very carefully worded. Who are the only two players to play in the postseason for two different World Series-winning New York franchises. A uh, bit of a mouthful, but I had to phrase it that way in order to have this question be accurate. And, uh, well, guess what? A uh, The same person who got one of the previous questions, right? Where Where's his name here? Where is it? It's Craig. Um, sorry, buddy. I, I just, I had your name up there, and then, lo and behold, I lost it. There you go. Craig Brindle pointed out that Daryl Strawberry played for the 1986 Mets in the playoffs and World Series. He played for the 1996 Yankees in the playoffs and World Series and the 99 Yankees in the playoffs and World Series. All those teams won the World Series, two different New York franchises. Dwight Gooden pitched for the 86 Mets uh, playoffs and World Series. He was on the 96 Yankee team, but was not on the playoff roster. But he came back to New York in 2000, and he played in the playoffs, the Division Series and the American League Championship Series, but did not pitch in the World Series for the Yankees, but got himself a World Series ring for his trouble. Uh, he would have he did not pitch against the Mets in the World Series because that would have been weird. But Gooden and Strawberry, the only ones to be World Series winners and actually played in the postseason 
for two different New York franchises. And I found it strange. There were no Giants who also won with the Yankees. There were no Brooklyn Dodgers from 1955 who later played elsewhere. Um, and so there you go. So good job answering that trivia question. Um, so we're going to go a little bit here right now. Liam Hendricks, about five or six months ago, was battling cancer. And, you know, when when the big C is dropped on you, yes, there are, there are examples of players who come back from cancer and wind up playing very well. John Lester for the Red Sox had a borderline Hall of Fame career after his diagnosis of cancer in 2006. We also saw the great Eric Davis. One of the great what-ifs in baseball history is the fate of Eric Davis, who very well could have been a Hall of Famer if he hadn't been ravaged with injuries. And he came back after his cancer while he played for the Baltimore Orioles and got to play in the 1997 postseason for Baltimore. Um, so there are key, but also there are times that, hey, it's, it's the big C. Cancer is, uh, is you know, is tough. I mean, I don't have to tell you about this. And he came back and pitched in the game. And Liam Hendricks, this crazy Australian, you know, mic'd during the Field of Dreams game and dropping swears. Super fun, impossible not to root for. He gets clobbered with a cancer diagnosis, and he came back. And, man, if you saw it, when he came out of the bullpen for the White Sox to pitch in that game against the Angels, it was yesterday or the day before, if you didn't have a little lump in your throat, if your bottom lip wasn't trembling a little bit, I'm sorry, you're not human. And they come to his wife, who's cheering from like mad and also like riding the umpire like beautifully and that's just a great story you know i mean it's an angels white Sox team two game two two massively underachieving teams playing and yet you can't help but feel something when you watch that game when you saw that highlight and it's something i've been asked over the years, you know, how do you grow baseball? How do you find new fans? If uh, I was on Baseball PhD, which is a, a great podcast I'm a guest on, you know, three or four times a year, and Ed, the uh, the host of the show, asked me, what would you do if someone hadn't had, was not a baseball fan and wanted to become one? You know, what would you tell them to do? And I think he was expecting me to say, like, Follow this player because he's this, you know, his great talent. Follow this pitcher because of that. And I said, find the human interest story that draws you in. And I think he was surprised by that. But I completely believe if you're a if you're a non-baseball fan, you can get drawn into baseball by the human interest story. The same way that you could be drawn into a sports movie. I've made this point before, but Liam Hendricks, uh, uh comeback is an example of this people will watch movies or documentaries about sports if they're drawn into the story behind it you know the the bulls documentary was the last dance a lot of people watched that a lot of people were drawn into that who didn't give a didn't care at all about basketball and it wasn't like they were watching it like they were watching ESPN highlights. They were watching the story of what was building on behind it. If you saw 
you know, think of all the great sports movies, like the legitimately great sports movies, whether it's Rudy, whether it's, you know, the rookie with, with Dennis Quaid, whether it's, um, what is it? Hoosiers, um, you know, Rocky, uh, Breaking Away. You know, there's so many great sports films revolve around getting to know the people so when they play the game, you're rooting for them. You have vested interest in it. I can't tell you the number of people who just fall over loving the TV show Friday Night Lights who hate football. But don't watch Friday Night Lights because you're trying to watch a football game. You get invested in the story. And baseball needs to focus on those stories. We'll follow Olympic sports that we wouldn't watch in a hostage situation if we know that the story behind the game is what draws you in. You watch Rocky. Rocky's one of the great movies of all. The original Rocky is one of the greatest movies of all time. The boxing is, what, the last eight minutes of the movie? You don't watch it for the boxing. You watch it for the story behind it. And people like stories. People like real stories. And when you can have something that has that human interest to it and have it be something that's a true story, well, that's even better. Remember when uh, Drew Maggi came up earlier this year and he had been in the minor leagues for, what, 12, 13 years, and he finally came up? And he, get, he got a standing ovation. A guy who was a career minor leaguer. And he wound up, in the end, playing three games before being sent back down. But for those three games, you just you felt like, oh, my God, I'm watching someone's dreams come true. Uh, Winton Bernard, remember him? And he came up and had a cup of coffee with the Rockies after years and years and years of in the minor leagues. And we all saw that video of him FaceTiming with his mom when he found out he got the call to get to the major leagues to join the Colorado Rockies. The guy's a, a, a backup outfielder on an also-ran Colorado Rockies team. Lump in your throat. This is part of what baseball needs to do. Yeah, they need to, to you know showcase their superstars. But if they want the casual fan... They've got to really focus on the feel-good stories, the human interest stories, and get people to root specifically for people. And the reason why I said when I was on that episode that you have to find the human interest story to uh, if you're a brand-new baseball fan is because if you're new to it, you don't have the, the, the roots of fandom. I grew up in New England. I grew up in the suburbs of Boston. Therefore, I became a Boston Red Sox fan. And I had, I've had i had years and years and years to cultivate that love. That's geographical. If I grew up in Pittsburgh, I'd be a Pirates fan. If I grew up with my cousins who lived in Delaware, I'd be a Philadelphia Phillies fan. If we, my family never moved to Massachusetts and I spent, you know, if I grew up in uh, uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut, like my parents did, I'd be a Yankee or a Met fan. If we had moved to the Bay Area, uh, before, you know, we moved to the Bay Area when I was in high school. Uh, if we moved there when I was four, five, six years old, I'd probably be a Giants fan right now. It's geographical. And I had that built in, that fandom built in. But if you don't have that, then you need to gain that emotional 
uh, need to root for the team. And the fastest way to do that is to find the stories like Liam Hendricks, like Maggie, like uh, Wynton Bernard, because those will draw you in. I swear, there's no way you watched Liam Hendricks come back and you weren't moved. And if you sh- if you get drawn into a team, you get drawn into a player because of the human interest, well, guess what? You'll invest emotion. And in the end, you, that's the main thing we need to do. Invest emotions. And after that, invest your money because then you may kind of sort of want to buy yourself a ticket to go see a game. Hey, let's talk about buying tickets through game time. Buying tickets should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped up for the fun you'll have. I use this to go to the Mother's Day game at Dodger Stadium. I'm going to be seeing a bunch of ball games this year, both in Northern California and Southern California. All right, it might be easy to get A's tickets these days, but if you want to get the last-minute deal, see the Giants, see the Dodgers, see the Angels, see the Padres, that's when you use game time. Do you know why? They have flash deals and last-minute tickets in case you're being spontaneous. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, and you get images of your seat views, so you have an idea of where you're going. Get the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all that sort of stuff. Don't worry about it. Your your tickets are safe. So forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets on the day of the game, and they got the game time guarantee, which means you'll get the best price if you find tickets in the same section row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, and again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Well, you know, the Aaron Judge rampage is continuing, and it's interesting, like I've said this before and I'll say it again, having Judge in the lineup affects everybody else. And you saw that today when the Yankees just uh, clothesline the Seattle Mariners uh, by a final score of 10-2. Now, Judge hit yet another home run. Remember Judge was injured for a little bit? Remember people wondering what kind of year Judge was going to have? Judge already has 18 home runs. It's still May. All right? Judge is, uh, his OPS is everything. His OPS is infinity at this point. And he got the home run, but you also saw that it affects other players on the team. Glaber Torres has been on an absolute tear. He picked up a couple more hits today. Isaiah kind of falefa he had a four-hit day. And this is, it It permeates up and down the Yankee lineup. We saw that when Judge was gone, it was a rancid lineup. It looked like a minor league team. And now, even with Rizzo not playing today, the Yankees look like they'll be able to score at will. Um, you saw a couple other, the, the Rangers and the Tigers. The Tigers are an upstart team with, you know, maybe images 
of sneaking in America League Central, dancing in their head. And an early lead by the Detroit Tigers uh, was quickly vanished as they as the Rangers, uh, Luis Garcia got a four-hit night. 10-6 was the final there with the Texas Rangers. Um, and you saw the Blue Jays' bats are starting to wake up. They play the Brewers, who are starting to stumble and bumble. Uh, Matt Chapman got a big hit. Yusei Kikuchi wound up getting the win. He was put two runs on the board at the top, and that was it. And so the final there was 7-2 to Toronto. Um, you know, Toronto's won their last couple of games. We'll see. They're still above 500. I'm still not con- – I, I, I still think they need to make a managerial change. But, you know, they got a big win against the Milwaukee Brewers, and that was a win that the Pittsburgh Pirates – were able to take advantage of as they edged the Giants. Well, the Giants have been really good the last few weeks. The Pirates haven't been. The Pirates, even with today's win, have dropped seven of their last ten games. And yet, here we are going to the final day of May, and they're only one game out of first place. Um, they wound up, uh, you know, and the Mets got, Senga was fantastic. If he pitches like this, the Mets are going to be really interesting. They shut out the uh, Phillies uh, two nothing. Cardinals won. Uh, well, I'm going to talk about one of the other teams in the division, but uh, you know, the Cardinals will win a few and catch your attention, then lose a few. Cardinals, even with their recent winning streak, are still in last place and on pace to lose 90 games. Do I think they're a 90 uh, loss team? No, not really, but. You know, they better get their act together a little bit on that. Now, there was something going on. I I saw it was in uh, uh, MLB trade rumors that Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers may still very well be dealt, even though the Brewers are in first place. Because we saw how well that worked last year when they were in first place and they traded Hayter to the San Diego Padres. Learn from your mistakes. Keep Burns in your rotation, all right? But Cleveland is interesting. Because Cleveland right now, a lot of people pick the Cleveland Guardians, I almost said Indians, to win the division. There's six games under 500. Obviously, there's a long way to go in the season, about two-thirds to be exact. Uh, and they're only three games back in the loss column, despite being a sub-500 team. But they may be looking to deal Bieber. Shane Bieber is going to be tough for them to keep long-term because the billionaire who owns the Cleveland Guardians doesn't want to spend money on his own players. I digress. Here's the deal. If he gets traded, I think he shouldn't leave Ohio. The Cincinnati Reds are in a situation that is very strange. The Cincinnati Reds have a record of 25 and 29. Okay, Um, that's roughly the same as the Cleveland Guardians, who are right now 24 and 30, 25 and 29. Not great. The Phillies are that right now, and the Phillies are considered a colossal disappointment. However, Cincinnati Reds have won their last four games, and today they won ugly against the Red Sox. The final was nine to eight. The Red Sox came within this this much from holding a wild bottom of the ninth rally, but they didn't. And the Reds won. 
And at some point, this has to become binary. Did you win or did you lose? Right now, the Reds have lost more than they've won. Okay. Their winning percentage is 463. Not good. But they're they're going up against a Pirates team. Who are the teams in front of them? The Pirates, who, despite all their efforts, are still you know a 500 team. And the Brewers, who have been struggling and maybe trading away one of their aces. The Reds are only three games out right now. Three. And I've been screaming and screaming for the central teams to make a run at it. Bring up all your top prospects. Make the big trade. Try to get it because right now the Cardinals are in last place in the National League Central. Uh, and their team that most people thought were going to, including me, thought they were going to wind up winning the division. They're 25 and 32 now. But still, that's only four and a half games out. The entire division's up for grabs. In fact, there's only one central team in the American League or the National League that I think is totally out of it right now. It's Kansas City, who are 11 and a half games out, have a nice trip. But even the White Sox, who are 11 games under 500, are only six games out of first place. This is why, this is that section, the middle section of the season. Now, if that, that basically determines who you are, if I were the Reds, I would make a bold move. I may even take one of the top prospects that they have because there's a chance to do something great right now. Now, I don't mean trading away all their top prospects. I'm not trying to say that they to bury the uh, uh, you know you know bury their farm system. But that being said, if it would take one a couple of top ten prospects, inevitably six or seven of the top 10 prospects don't amount to be piddly-poo in the major leagues. So if I were the Reds, I might entice Cleveland and bring Shane Bieber in. Ask him what they want. Because when you look at how the Reds are constituted right now, having a big inning-seating potential ace inserted into their staff, even if it's only for two years, could be the difference between sneaking a division title in or not. Getting a chance to have your card punched or not. Having a meaningful season or not. I think they should make that move. I think they should at least offer, maybe not their top prospect, but their number two or number three, because that's what it will take to get a couple of years of Shane Bieber. And do you know what? Kind of like the Soto deal, Bieber is young enough, good enough. I I sound like I'm doing Stuart Smalley right now. But it could be exactly the boost that a team like Cincinnati would need to make up those three games. Give them the starting pitching depth that they need. Think about it. Give it some thought. Give it some real juice right there. I've been preaching the gospel of if you have a chance to win, go for it. Most prospects don't add up to be piddly-poo. To get a chance to steal a division, think about it, Reds. You know, it was um, 
Memorial Day weekend, and baseball always seems to try to do the worst things possible to not promote their game. Memorial Day should be an absolute no-brainer to have a doubleheader. You know, kids are out of school if you want to develop, but that's a day that, you know, our team, your team's got to, I think every team's got to play two on Memorial Day. But at least one, their teams have the day off. Neither New York team was in town. And yet, oddly, both Bay Area teams and both Chicago teams. Come on, let's spread it out a little bit. But it is a, you know, a big summer weekend. Cookouts, beach time, and a chance to go to the ball game. And to have teams take that Monday off, to me, is absolutely insane. Fourth of July... Memorial Day, Labor Day, three days where every team's got to play. Got to play. People have the day off. Kids have the day off. Let's go to the ball game. Oh, they're not even playing today. We can't even watch it on our device. And, of course, that brings us to the blackout rules, which I think is absolutely insane. There should be no blackout rules. Blackout rules are arcane. Blackout rules are based upon that time when teams wanted to make sure there were fans in the stands and we're not going to show it for free on TV until we've sold out every ticket. Well, now it's based upon, well, we've paid all this money for the TV rights, so we're going to black it out on your Major League Baseball app. Oh, I'm sure there's ways you can stream this or stream that, but it's madness to me that they would put up barriers when most interest in baseball is local and most young viewers don't sit and watch a television, they watch their device. So you make it harder to have people watch the local teams on their device. That's insane. That's putting a gun to your foot. And it looks like the Padres may have figured that out. The Padres are going to be lifting blackout restrictions. Now, it'll cost a little more to be able to watch the Padres on your device on the MLB app. But do you want, I've been saying that that, that's, that's fine. If you get the MLB app subscription and you get the premium, boom, you get to watch your local games. If you don't get the premium, your local games are blacked out. I understand it's a business. I'm not, I'm not a communist. I get it. But offer it and make it easy. That's the other thing. They say, I've had people say, Sully, if you download this and subscribe to that and do this, no, 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 no. I want all my baseball in one app. You, in order to go from one piece of entertainment on my phone to another, um, I'll show you how easy it is. Here, let me go here. And uh, here is the Major League Baseball app. There's YouTube. Look at how hard, look at how fast, look at how, look at the ground I covered right there. Oh, uh, if I want to watch Netflix, it's right there. If I want to watch Amazon Prime, it's right there. Notice that I didn't even move it. I, I, I was, I was pivoting. And if you make it hard to find it, you got to download this and upload that. Guess what? My figure is already on Netflix. My queue is gigantic. And the Padres are understanding that. And they're the, look at the team's not doing that well this year. But the Padres look like they're going to be the first team 
to really say, we're not blocking stuff out here. Watch on your device and watch what happens. You are going to see Padre fans be watching the team, be exposed to the team, and have it be a super easy to watch it where all your other baseball is. And I bet you it's going to be a success and the other teams will follow suit. When teams like the Reds and the Brooklyn Dodgers are starting to put all their games on the radio, oh my God, it's going to kill it because you're, you know, you're giving away your product. Ah, but they found a new audience. Oh, but we can't show it on TV. That'll kill the product. Ah, they got a new audience. Ah, we can't put it on cable TV. Ah, they built their audience. Every time people screamed at the technology saying, oh, we can't do that. We can't do that. The team that winds up embracing it winds up doing quite well. Thank you very much. So look, it it hasn't been a great year for the Padres, although they did win today against the Fish. It may be a great year to be a Padre fan, to be able to watch it where you are in the same place where everything else is. Defeat the blackouts. And as we had with Liam Hendricks, tug on those heartstrings. All right. I have another uh, trivia question. Craig, you aren't going to get this one. And if you do get it, I'll see who else who will be the second one because to answer correctly. So answer this trivia question correctly. You get a shout out on the show. Okay. Topic is stolen bases. And the trivia question is, who is the only person to ever end the World Series by getting caught stealing? There was a World Series that ended, and it was a Hall of Famer. A future Hall of Famer was thrown out trying to steal second base in game seven of the World Series of a one-run game, was thrown out trying to steal second, and that's how the World Series ended. Which future Hall of Famer is the only player in baseball history to get caught stealing to end a World Series? You would imagine the media would be all over that guy. Just like I'm all over you, so follow us on Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me. I'm your pal, Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talk about tugging at heartstrings, ending blackouts, and maybe keeping a big star in the state of Ohio. This has been Locked On MLB for the final day of May 2023. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.